0: I offer my respectful obeisances to his divine grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Samy Prabhupada to all the previous Acharyas. Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu, Lord Krishna, and to all the assembled devotees. Kamera parya nija sambhoga kevala krishna sukha tat parya matra prima ta prabhala the object of lust is only the enjoyment of one's own senses but love caters to the enjoyment of lord krishna and thus it is very powerful Lokadharma, dharma veda dharma Deha Dharma Karma Lajadharya Deha Sukha Asukha Marma Dustyaja Arya Pata Nija Parijano Swajane Kare Jata Tadhana Bartsana Sarvatiaga Kari Kare Krishna Bhajana, Krishna Sukha Hetu Kare Prema Sevana, social customs, scriptural injunctions, bodily demands, fruit of actions, shyness, patience, bodily pleasures, sense gratification and the path of dharma, which is difficult to give up. The gopis have forsaken all these, as well as their own relatives and their punishment and scolding for the sake of serving Lord Krishna. They render loving service to Him for the sake of His enjoyment. That is called firm attachment to Lord Krishna. It is spotlessly pure, like a clean cloth that has no stain. The author of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita advises everyone to give up all engagements of sense gratification and, like the gopis, dovetail oneself entirely with the will of the Supreme Lord. That is the ultimate instruction of Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. We should be prepared to do anything and everything to please the Lord, even at the risk of violating the Vedic principles or ethical laws. That is the standard of the love of Godhead. Such activities in pure love of Godhead are as spotless as white linen that has been completely washed. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur warns us in this connection that we should not mistakenly think that the idea of giving up everything implies the renunciation of duties necessary in relation to the body and mind. Even such duties are not sense gratification if they're undertaken in the spirit of service to Krishna. kama premi bahuta antar, kam anda tama prema nirmal baskara. Therefore, lust and love are quite different. Lust is like dense darkness, but love is like the bright sun taiva gopi garner nahi kamma ganda. krishna sukhalagi matra krishna se Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare thus there is not the slightest taint of lust in the gopis love their relationship with Krishna is only for the sake of of his enjoyment. Yate sujata karanam burum staneshu Pita shanai priya tadhi mahi karka Tena tavim Atasitad yat Nakim swit Kurpadi bir brahmati oh, Ayushmana. ayushmanna O dearly beloved, your lotus feet are so soft that we place them gently on our breasts, fearing that your feet will be hurt. Our life rests only in you. Our minds, therefore, are filled with anxiety that your tender feet might be wounded by pebbles as you roam about on the forest paths. Atma sukaduke Gopir Nahika Vichar Krishna Sukha Hetur Tesna Manovya Bahar Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Rama, Rama. Hare Hare the gopis do not care for their own pleasures or pains. All their physical and mental activities are directed towards offering enjoyment to Lord Krishna. Krishna lagi <laughs> Krishna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 they renounced everything for krishna they have pure attachment to giving krishna pleasure evan mad artul jita loka sanam hivo mayanu vrittaye bala maya paroksham vajatati rohitam MA SUYATUM MARHATATAT PRAYAM O my beloved Gopis, you have renounced social customs, scriptural injunctions, and your relatives for my sake. I disappeared behind you only to increase your concentration upon me. Since I disappeared for your benefit, you should not be displeased with me. This text from Shrimad Bhagavatam 10.32.21 was spoken by Lord Krishna when he returned to the arena of the Rasa Lila. <speaking in Hebrew> Krishna pragda eka ache purva hate che jai bhaje Krishna tare bhaje tare ta, Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare, Hare Ram. Lord Krishna has a promise from before to reciprocate with his devotees according to the way they worship Him. Jaya tamam prapadyante, tangstai vajam yham mama vartman vartante manusya parastavsha. In whatever way my devotees surrender unto me, I reward them accordingly. Everyone follows my path in all respects, O Sunaprathala. Krishna was never ungrateful to the gopis, for as he declares to Arjuna in this verse from the Bhagavad Gita 411, he reciprocates with his devotees in proportion to the transcendental loving service they render unto him everyone follows the path that leads toward him but there are different degrees of progress on that path and the lord is realized in proportion to one's advancement the path is one but the progress in approaching the ultimate goal is different and therefore the proportion of realization of this goal namely the absolute personality of godhead is also different The Gobis attained the highest goal, and Lord Chaitanya affirmed that there is no method of worshipping God higher than that followed by the Gobis. <hate> krishna that promise has been broken by the worship of the gopis as lord krishna himself admits napareham hum niravajya samujan susadakryam Vushapiva, Yama Bhajan Geha tad Va, Pratyatu O Gopis I am not able to repay my debt for your spotless service even within a lifetime of Brahma Your connection with me is beyond reproach You have worshipped me Cutting off all domestic ties which are difficult to break. Therefore, please let your own glorious deeds be your compensation. This verse from Srimad Bhagavatam 10:32-22 was spoken by Sri Krishna himself when he returned to the gopis upon hearing their songs of separation. Tabi kiya gopirni ha pit. Now, whatever affection we see the Gopis show for their own bodies, know it for certain to be only for the sake of Lord Krishna. Purport. The selfless love of God exhibited by the gopis cannot have any parallel. We should not therefore misunderstand the carefulness of the gopis in their personal decoration. The gopis dressed themselves as beautifully as possible just to make Krishna happy by seeing them. They had no ulterior desires. They dedicated their bodies and everything they possessed to the service of Sri Krishna taking it for granted that their bodies were meant for his enjoyment they dressed themselves with the understanding that krishna would be happy by seeing and touching them <laughs> Hare krishna, Hare krishna, krishna krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare. The gopis think, I have offered this body to Lord Krishna. He is its owner, and it brings him enjoyment. A dehadarshana sparshe krishna santoshana E lagi kari dehera marjana bhushana Hare Krishna Hare Krishna, Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama, Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna finds joy in seeing and touching this body. It is for this reason that they cleanse and decorate their bodies. Nijagham apiyaga gokyo param na me Lameparta Nikuda Prema Bajanam. O oh, Arjuna, there are no greater receptacles of deep love for me than the gopis, who cleanse and decorate their bodies because they consider them mine. This verse is spoken by Lord Krishna in the Adi Purana. Hara ek akuta gopi bavera sambaba budhira gochara nahi jahara prababa Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare There's another wonderful feature of the emotion of the gopis its power is beyond the comprehension of the intelligence when the Gopis see Lord Krishna, they derive unbounded bliss, although they have no desire for such pleasure. Gopi ka dashane Krishna raje anandahoi, Taha hui te koti guna gopi ah svatai, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare. The gopis taste a pleasure ten million times greater than the pleasure Lord Krishna derives from seeing them. The wonderful characteristics of the gopis are beyond imagination. They have no desire for personal satisfaction, yet, when Krishna is happy by seeing them, that happiness of Krishna makes the gopis a million times more happy than Krishna himself. Tansa jasuka Jasukarudhan the gopis have no inclination for their own enjoyment and yet their joy increases that is indeed a contradiction eviro dhera eka matra deki samadhan gopi sukha krishna sukhi pravashan hare krishna, hare krishna, 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 hare 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 rama, hare rama, 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 hare hare for this contradiction I see only one solution the joy of the gopis lies in the joy of their beloved krishna the situation of the gopis is perplexing for although they did not want personal happiness it was imposed upon them the solution to this perplexity is that Shri Krishna's sense of happiness is limited by the happiness of the gopis devotees of Brindavan therefore try to serve the gopis namely Radharani and her associates if one gains the favor of the gopis he easily gains the favor of Krishna because on the recommendation of the gopis krishna at once accepts the service of a devotee lord chaitanya therefore wanted to please the gopis instead of krishna but his contemporaries misunderstood him and for this reason lord chaitanya renounced the order of household life and became a sannyasi Bigatta Shani Gushnera Pare Pratukalata Semaduriya Bade Jara nahi Samata. Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama Hare Rama Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare Samata. Samata means equality. When Lord Krishna sees the gopis, his joy increases. And his unparalleled sweetness increases also. Amaradashani Krishna poile eta sut. Esuke gopira prafula angamut. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. The gopis think Krishna has obtained so much pleasure by seeing me. That thought increases the fullness and beauty of their faces and bodies. Gopi-shobha-dheki-krsnera-shobha-bhade-jata krishna shobha teki gopira shobha bhade tata The beauty of Lord Krishna increases at the sight of the beauty of the gopis. And the more the gopis see Lord Krishna's beauty, the more their beauty increases. Matra Praspara Pade Huda Hudi Paraspara Pade Keha Mukha Nahi Mudi Pare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare. In this way, a competition takes place between them in which no one acknowledges defeat. Krishna, Hare krishna 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 however desire krishna however derives pleasure from the beauty and good qualities of the gopis and when the gopis see his pleasure the joy of the gopis increases. Therefore, we find that the joy of the gopis nourishes the joy of Lord Krishna. For that reason, the fault of lust is not present in their love. By looking at the beautiful gopis, Krishna became enlivened and this enlivens the gopis whose youthful faces and bodies blossom. This competition of increasing beauty between the gopis and Krishna, which is without limitations, is so delicate that sometimes mundane moralists mistake these dealings to be purely amorous. But these affairs are not at all mundane. Because the Gopi's intense desire to satisfy Krishna surcharges the entire scene with pure love of Godhead, with not a spot of sexual indulgence. Rama Rama Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare Okay. Question from Chittareleka Saki Devi Dasi. The object of lust is only the enjoyment of one's own senses. Lust is acting for one's own enjoyment. Can one chant japa with lust, if one does so, for one's own desire to feel good? Well, if one understands one's existential situation, which is, that real happiness comes from pleasing Krishna, and that you're pleasing Krishna by chanting. There's nothing wrong in that. After all, the whole Bhagavad Gita is really about understanding what our situation is in this world. For instance, in the third chapter of the Gita, Krishna says, He says that unless you do, Yajna, while you're working in this world, then you'll be bound. But if you perform Yajna, then you'll become happy, he says. And this is the arrangement at the beginning of creation, so that everyone can be satisfied and live a natural life. And just because you know that, that by performing Yajna, by living a life that's aligned with Krishna and his desires doesn't mean that you're lustful. Lust uh, is born of Rajagun, and there's a blindness to the oneness that we have with Krishna, and that is that we're part and parcel of him. When we're in Rajagun, we can't see that. But in the higher modes of nature, and when we become situated in the Brahma-Bhuta platform, we see that actually I'm part of Krishna. And just as by feeding the stomach, all the senses and limbs become satisfied, I know I become satisfied. So, if there's a fundamental understanding that by chanting Hare Krishna, I become happy, uh, this is a different kind of happiness than the one the happiness Krishna describes as arising from Rajagun. Of course, there are different levels of refinement in our service to Krishna. And we may be chanting Hare Krishna for the motivation of freeing ourselves from anxiety. First of all, it's intelligent to know that, that that's the way to do it. There is no other way to get free from the oppression of the material senses and mind but to chant Hare Krishna. But there may be higher motivations which awaken as we get the association of Advanced Vaishnavs and also increase our own uh, chanting, but it is not uh, chanting because you're doing it for your own uh, desire to feel good. I mean, the the end result is you feel good because you're more connected to Krishna. So there's nothing wrong with that. And even if even if you did do it just to feel good. In the Bhagavatam, Shukadeva Swami says, Vah Tivrena Bhakti yogena Yajeta param." Whatever motivation you have now, tivrena bhakti yogena, engage that in intense devotional service to the Lord. After all, in the seventh canto, also in the tenth canto, we hear that even the demons in their Ill motivation towards Krishna attained perfection. Only person who didn't is <clears throat> Vena, because Vena denied the existence of the Lord. He he ignored him completely. Whereas Shishupal, he he blasphemed him and he considered him to be an enemy. But he was always thinking of him. So so did Kamsa. So they attained liberation by dint of that. What to speak of somebody chanting Hare Krishna, because it's like, this is the only way I can feel good. I have to chant Hare Krishna. That's okay. Sri Madhava Mahotsava Prabhu says, um, when Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur says in renunciation, one should not be neglectful of ordinary duties to body and mind, but that should be performed in a spirit of Krishna consciousness. Well, you are in a spirit of Krishna consciousness, Sri Madhava Mahotsava. look at your life. If I walk in your house, I see that there's an altar, and then there's a book bag, and a majanga drum, and that's about all there is, and some boga to be cooked. Uh, devotees live very simply, uh, and their lives are centered around Krishna. And the point here, which is also made by Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami, and Shri Lavishana Thakur and their commentaries to the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu is that if you're performing devotional service, and in the course of doing that you protect your body or you protect the the, uh, the bodies of your family members from danger or you just take care of yourself, that's not outside the realm of pure devotional service. After all, you need your body in order to perform devotional service. I'll give you... As an example, Vasudev, when he's coming home with his newly wedded wife, Devaki was confronted with a rather awkward situation, wouldn't you say, (laughs) in this situation? He had to try to save the life of Devaki. And he, he went, took extraordinary measures to do so. This is from 10.1.48. As long as he has intelligence and bodily strength, an intelligent person must try to avoid death. That is the duty of every embodied person. But if death cannot be avoided in spite of one's endeavors, A person facing death commits no offense, purport. It is natural for a person facing ultimate death to try his best to save himself. This is one's duty. Although death is sure, everyone should try to avoid it and not meet death without opposition because every living soul is by nature eternal. Because death is a punishment imposed in the condemned life of material existence, the Vedic culture is based on avoiding death. Everyone should try to avoid death and rebirth by cultivating spiritual life and should not submit to death without without struggling to survive. One who is not trying to stop death is not an intelligent human being. Because Devaki was face-to-face with, with imminent death, it was Vasudeva's duty to save her. As he was trying his best to do, he therefore considered another way to approach kamsa so that could would be saved. So in this point we see that Vasudev trying to save Devaki is like, oh that's material, you're just trying to save her body. Well, she's a devotee, and you have to save the body so you can do devotional service. So it's, it's, a, it's the opinion of the acharyas that in taking care of yourself, not inordinately, devotees live simply. Then in the course of doing that, uh, taking care of oneself, that's not outside the realm because you, you have to have a monom- monicum of maintenance. What to speak of if there's an emergency and you jump up to save your child, your, your body, All these things are not outside the realms of devotional devotional service. But yes, they should be formed the spirit of Krishna consciousness. The idea is your whole life is in the spirit of Krishna consciousness. So, you know, when you're doing these things, you know, you sit down to take prasadam, you just don't eat regular oatmeal. I don't know if you eat oatmeal at all, if you do eat oatmeal, I'm sure you offer it first. And then when you sit down, you honor it and you pray to the Lord, thank you for this oatmeal. It's transcendental, I'm taking it. I mean, every act of the devotee in daily life is centered around Krishna. You may not even realize how centered on Krishna it is. <laughs> but if somebody else come, comes into your home and sees how you live, they'll notice it. And if you go to somebody else's home, that's not Krishna conscious, you'll notice how it's disjointed from Krishna. Okay, question from anonymous, by the description of gopis, it sounds that they are pure devotees. How we can imbibe the mood and devotion of devotees in our lives without imitating them. Um, Prabhupada said that, You know, imitation is something that uh, becomes artificial. For instance, if we try to imitate, he says, Dhruva Maharaj, in performing austerities, then we'll probably die. He just ate leaves. There's plenty available now if anybody wants some, because it's autumn. Actually, it's winter. Today's Odana Shasti. Um, But... We, we should follow in the footsteps, Prabhupada says. So when we see the activities of the great devotees, of the gopis, Dhruva Maharaj, Prahlad Maharaj, we should imbibe their spirit, and according to our capacity, we should follow in their footsteps. One way that Prabhupada talks about following the footsteps of the gopis, I'm gonna to read to you, if you'll hold one second. When uh, Rameshwara Prabhu was talking about Sankirtan back in the 70s, he mentioned how he had heard from Prabhupada about how Sankirtan book distribution is in the mood of the gopis. And he spoke on that several times. There were Back then, the ways in which these lectures went around were not on SoundCloud, but on cassette tapes. The tapes, if any of you ever seen one, they're like little rectangle plastic containers and you have to put it in a machine tape recorder. Are all these things shocking? And they had to be sent through the mail and uh, then you put it in a tape recorder and listen to it. So, you know, his lectures were going around and somebody thought maybe uh, he was being too esoteric or inventing something in the way he was speaking. So I'm reading from the book Our Family Business, I researched this particular episode and Prabhupada's response to it. So I'm going to read it to you now, unless there's any objection. You can register it online here on the grid. This Prabhupada writes in chapter 12, Confidential Service, Mood of the Gopis. Now let's hear how Shila Prabhupada practically applies this esoteric principle to those engaged in distributing his transcendental books. In 1974, at ISKCON Los Angeles, New Dwarka, Rameshwara Das, the appointed Sankirtan leader had gleaned from Srila Prabhupada's teachings that those who distribute Srila Prabhupada's books are directly participating in Lord Caitanya's pastimes and in doing so, following in the footsteps of Krishna's most intimate servants in the spiritual world. Here, Rameshwara gives an inkling of the mood in 1974. Quote, I began to see that the Sankirtan devotees were in direct contact with the storehouse of love of Godhead that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had broken open five hundred years before, and that Shila Prabhu had brought that same storehouse to the earth again. The Sankirtan devotees were connecting, were connected to Shila Prabhupada and also therefore to the divine pleasure energy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through this service. It was flowing through his divine grace, filling the world with ecstasy and transcendental knowledge. In his lectures at the New Dwarka Temple, Rameshwara repeatedly referred to the service of book distribution as a tasteful arrangement for souls to be joined in loving service to Krishna, a service that follows the mood of the gopis of Vrindavan. Rameshwar recalls that his classes about Sankirtan were going out to all the temples to enliven the book distributors, but that some devotees doubted his conclusions. Indeed, a number of devotees wondered if Rameshwar's conclusions were accurate. To clarify the matter, Nandulal Devi Dasi wrote to Srila Prabhupada on May 23, 1974. I have heard Rameshwar Prabhu in Los Angeles say that when we are performing sankirtan, we are engaged in the Leela of Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya is the union of Radha and Krishna, and he explained that just as Radharani is even more anxious to arrange for other, the other gopis to meet with Krishna than she is for herself to meet Krishna, and that the other gopis are also always trying to think of ways in which to arrange meetings between Radha and Krishna. So when the devotees are going out and trying to engage the suffering conditioned souls, actually what we are doing is trying to arrange for some of her lost souls to meet with Krishna once again. And that this is the Lila of Lord Chaitanya. Is this the proper understanding of Sankirtan?" Unquote. Srila Prabhupada replied on June 9th, 1974. The explanation given by Rameshwara that Sankirtan is Lord Chaitanya's lila, which he compares to the gopis trying to engage in Krishna's service, is the correct understanding, unquote. We rest our case. That this esoteric service is available even to newcomers is thus a great opportunity anyone who takes up the service of distributing Srila Prabhupada's transcendental books in a humble mood is at once linked to such confidential devotional service. Quote, the sankirtan devotees are very, very dear to Krishna because you are doing the field work of book distribution. Krishna has immediately recognized them as true servants." Unquote. That was from Prabhupada's letter. So, that's one way that you can uh, follow in the footsteps. Do what Prabhupada did and go out to save the conditioned souls. Harinam book distribution. Does that sound like a good idea? I think it's a good idea. Okay. Um uh, <clears throat> In verse 189, it is said that if one attains the favor of the gopis then one easily attains favor of Krishna. How does one attain favor of the gopis? gopi Bartu Parakamali, or das-das-das-anudas. This is a famous verse that Shaitanya Mahaprabhu recited when he was dancing in front of the Ratha Yatra cart. And in it, it says, I'm the the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant of the gopis. So there's a way in which all the devotees, are dear to Krishna, and when you find some devotee, or devotees who are connected because they're serving a devotee, who's serving a devotee, who's serving a devotee, you have this ideal situation where you can serve locally. You find a place, a devotee of significance, who's become significant by following the order of his master, and then you can follow such a person and take an order from that person. And by following that and being the servant of the servant of the servant, das, 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 under das, aha, then you become a follower of the gopis. This is something that Prabhupada mentions in the Gita. Because in the Bhagavad Gita, we find that there's this conversation going on between Sanjay and Dhritarashtra. And in this section, Uh, Prabhupada mentions the principle that by serving a devotee who's a servant of the servant of the servant, very mysteriously, you're directly, uh, although it seems to be indirect, uh, it becomes direct. Uh, Maybe somebody can find it. I thought I had it marked. Uh, But that's the process. And Shruti Priya Devi Dasi says, the transcendent love of the gopis cannot be understood by my material mind, which is affected by Maya. The vivid description of the selfless love of the gopis, free of lust, transported me to Gokula, observing how the beauty of the gopis and Krishna kept multiplying due to their pure love for each other. It's amazing how Krishna reciprocates to pure, to pure love of his devotees. Nice. Yes, uh, this is a point. Uh, Krishna reciprocates. Um, Krishna does not have the fault of being <laughs> impersonal or ignoring anybody. And you'll find in the ninth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, um, verse number twenty-nine, Prophet writes in this purport. He says, but for his devotees, he gives specific attention. Such devotees are mentioned here. They are always in Krishna consciousness, and therefore they're always transcendentally situated in Krishna. The very phrase Krishna consciousness suggests that those who are in such consciousness are living transcendentalists, situated in him. The Lord says here distinctly, maite, they are in me. Naturally, as a result, the Lord is also in them. This is reciprocal. This also explains the words, whoever surrenders unto me proportionately, I take care of him. This transcendental reciprocation exists because both the Lord and the devotee are conscious. When a diamond is set in a golden ring, it looks very nice. The gold is glorified at the same time the diamond is glorified. The Lord and the living entity eternally glitter, and when a living entity becomes inclined to the service of the Supreme Lord, he looks like gold. The Lord is a diamond, and so this combination is very nice. Living entities in a pure state are called devotees. That's a nice one. The Supreme Lord becomes the devotee of his devotees. It, excuse me, if a reciprocal relationship is not present between the devotee and the Lord, then there is no personalist philosophy. In the impersonal philosophy, there is no reciprocation between the Supreme and the living entity, but in the personalist philosophy, there is. The example is often given that the Lord is like a desire tree and whatever one wants from this desire tree, the Lord supplies, but here the explanation is more complete. The Lord is here stated to be partial to the devotees This is the manifestation of the Lord's special mercy to the devotees. The Lord's reciprocation should not be considered to be under the law of karma. It belongs to the transcendental situation in which the Lord and his devotees function. Devotional service to the Lord is not an activity of this material world. It is part of the spiritual world where eternity, bliss, and knowledge predominate. So... Um, devotees feel the reciprocation of Krishna. He mentioned in the Gita, I give intelligence, direction, how to come to me uh, in the heart. And devotees feel that, that Krishna is directing. In fact, any devotee you meet anywhere, if you say, uh, so how'd you come to Krishna consciousness? They'll immediately start glowing. And then they'll tell you their story, and they'll say, so this happened. I was praying, and I just didn't know what to do. I wanted to know, but I didn't know what to do. And then Krishna came, and this happened, that happened. I met somebody, and obviously they're recalling the reciprocation they felt from Krishna. That's from the internal energy, and that only increases as one goes on in the practice of devotional service. Prabhupada was obviously absorbed in this ocean of reciprocation with Krishna as he gave himself so fully in the mood of everything for Krishna, nothing for me. He was swimming in an ocean of reciprocation from Krishna, all facility. Krishna gave all facility to Prabhupada to spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. And he, as Prabhupada mentioned, he took away everything out of kindness. And then he gave back more than he could even imagine. He said, I had a few children, but now I have dozens and dozens of children. And, and uh, all this is what constitutes actually the dynamic life of the devotee. The devotee surrenders and Krishna reciprocates. And without that, there's, there's no taste in life. A living entity in free consciousness, is free to surrender to Krishna and not inhibited by the conditional life, by the conditioned mind saying, no, no, you can't surrender. You have to do this and that. That's the imprisoned life of the living entity. The free life is, I'm f- the more free we feel to surrender to Krishna and give ourselves to, to his service, to try to increase, for instance, the sankirtan movement, then uh, the more Krishna reciprocates Just as we see that as a Sankirtan team, right? The more we take entrepreneurial risks in order to spread Lord Chaitanya's movement, the more we see Lord Titania's hand in uh, reciprocation. It happens every time. And every time then we see Lord is there and then we make another goal and then we think like, how is this even possible? And so that uh, competition goes on eternally. Like the devotee surrenders and tries to do more service and then Krishna reciprocates more. As we heard earlier, the gopis and Krishna are constantly trying to uh, outdo one another in their uh, reciprocation of love. So that's the life of devotional service. If If God is impersonal, that doesn't exist. You're God, you merge, there's nothing. That's not very good. Narda says that doesn't look very nice. So let's see what else. Um, Mayank, power phrase, therefore, lust and love are quite different. Lust is like dense darkness, but love is like the bright sun. The effect is completely different in lust. There's knowledge is covered one becomes entangled. And then there's anger that results from not uh, getting enough reciprocation in lust. Because after trying to enjoy material happiness, and then there's this frustration that comes. It's like, yeah, I don't feel better. I feel worse. And I feel inhibited because I can't get what I want. But when one has actual love, it's like the bright sun, because as Robert Grant, Hare Krishna Rameshwara Prabhu, my God, I'm so happy to see you here on the the board. Uh, He writes, we always prayed on book distribution. Please, uh, Lord, send just one more soul for me to connect to you. So I was just talking about Rameshwarpur reading about him from the book, and now he's somehow appeared, unless somebody's playing a cruel joke on me uh, here on the board. Uh, we always prayed for book distribution, prayed on books. Please, Lord, send just one more soul for me to connect to you. And after distributing the books, we would start this ardent, intense prayer over and over again. So let's try it. Uh, dear Srila Prabhupada, everyone. Dear Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, please send at least just one more soul for me to connect to you. And let us make that prayer again and again. Hare Krishna. So now uh, somehow we heard directly from Rameshwar Prabhu, whose whose, uh, conclusions were confirmed uh, by uh, Srila Prabhupada that this uh, sankirtan is in the in the mood of the gopis. Thank you very much. Aparagorangi. What does heart mean in the verse, Verse verses like 1, 2, 17, Hridyan taksto actually refer to with respect to the gross and subtle bodies that we have? Well, uh, f- for instance, uh, in the, <clears throat> Cheto dharpana marginum. The word cheto actually refers to chitta. Chitta means, uh, in the conglomerate, it means the, the subtle body, the, the psychological body, or if you like, the, the um, <clears throat> subconscious mind. There's a ego, which is ahankar, and there's mind, manas, and there's buddhi. All three of those the subtle body, they comprise the chitta, which is a um, term that is uh, refers to the aggregate of the subtle body. So Cheto dharpana marginum, as an example, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying that the chitta becomes purified, the mind is a reflecting surface. And when we engage with the objects of the senses in the material world, the mind takes in sensory imagery, sensory, sensual imagery, and records it in the mind. And these become uh, impressions, latent impressions that become re-stimulated in certain circumstances. And as an example, I was on my morning walk early yesterday, going through the park, Sun was just coming up. Fresh smell of the earth, pine trees because in the park we have we have uh, redwood, different kinds of pine trees, and just suddenly I started remembering being uh, on camping with my parents when I was a kid, being up in the High Sierra, drinking water right out of a stream, and it was a very clear impression, a very uh, pleasant one, you know, the kind of satvagun but it was stimulated by a particular uh, incident and environment. And so we we have these impressions in our mind. Our minds become conditioned by these samskaras impressions. And therefore, we're not making independent choices. When we come into this world, we already have all the recordings from our previous lives. And therefore, when we are choosing one type of sense gratification over another, for instance, music. You know, some people say, I like country music because I'm a country kind of person. And another person says, I like jazz. Uh, These are all mixtures of the modes of material nature. And I choose country over jazz because of the combination and permutations of the previous impressions I have in my mind not because the pure soul likes jazz. It's not a free choice. And so when we come in contact with the transcendental sound vibration, the process of devotional service, then uh, those samskars are replaced. They're actually overwritten by the powerful spiritual samskars from the Hare Krishna mantra, from hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, and Krishna here mentions that he helps to uh, remove the inhibiting some scars and replace them with the ways in which we remember Krishna. We, re- re- we remember him. So the question: uh, What does heart mean in verses? Refers to the to the chitta. So there. Uh, Mahaprabhu uses the metaphor that your mind is a mirror and when the mirror is covered by dust or let's just say it's covered by dirt or let's say it's uh, the mirror has been put in a lockbox. You know, there's different ways. You have to clean it with a cloth or you have to get a squeegee and a sponge and, and a hose, or you have to get a stick of dynamite to blow it up, blow the box up to get the mirror out again. And that is the Hare Krishna mantra is the dynamite you bring out. Naimasharanya Prabhu uh, says, writes, asks, thus there is not the slightest taint of lust in the gopis' love. Their relationship with Krishna is only for the sake of his his enjoyment. He comments, uh, we have these moments where we are doing service only for Krishna's pleasure. But we keep bouncing back and forth between love and lust, as the Tatastha Shakti. How can we aim to always remain on the higher shore and not keep falling back to the lower shore? Well, Jata Shada Matkatasu Nirvina Sarvakarmasu Veda Dukha Makkhamams Pratyagee Pranishvada Tatoba Mamprita Shradhalur Jnanishchaya Jushmanam Shchatan dukho comes to gharayan. Now Krishna says in the 11th cant of the Srimad Bhagavatam that in the interim practice of devotional service, we may know the goal is pure devotional service. We may be disgusted with engaging the senses with their objects in the material world. We know all this, Veda, dukat makankamas, we know it all leads to misery, but pratyagi pyanishvara means I still don't have the power to not engage in sense gratification. And therefore, Krishna goes on to say, mam prita Be aware of the fact that because you're engaged in the process of devotional service, you're very dear to me. And he said, you can have a little remorse, but don't become uh, pathologically uh, guilty so that you give up the process. He said, just keep going. And also in the 11th canto. It's mentioned, and that is, if you're engaged in pure devotional service, but somehow or other you engage in vikarma, then the direction is, go on performing devotional service to the best of your ability, and you'll become purified by the process itself, because Krishna entered your heart, and he knows your intention, and he helped to rectify you in due course of time. So the, the, uh, to make it short and sweet, keep on keeping on. Um, oh, good. We have Rameshwar Prabhu back with another reflection. On book distribution, we always prayed with, with all our heart and might, please, Lord, send me just one more soul to connect to you and after distributing books uh, to that soul we would start to again pray as ardently and intensely as possible please send me just one more soul again and again and again we prayed and distributed books in reciprocation everybody has to pray today okay to send one more soul please do it now everyone make individual prayer Please, Lord, send me just one more soul to connect to you. Thank you for considering my request. Hare Krishna. Tadea Seva asks, we, we see gopis giving up their own personal enjoyment for the service of, of Lord Krishna. If one tries to give up one's own enjoyment in mature life in the fear of suffering the bad consequences of it, but he is still not fully devoted to Lord Krishna. Is that a safe situation for that devotee? Well, it's not exactly safe. It's a good idea to some degree, but uh, we have to regulate the senses in order to get some traction in devotional service. And Krishna describes this conundrum in the Bhagavad Gita. Don't worry, you're not alone. He understands you. He says, niraharasadehina rasa nivartate. So Krishna says in the beginning, you may restrain your senses from the objects of sense gratification in the material world. But the taste for those objects will remain. However, once you get a higher taste, you'll automatically give up the taste that you had previously. The taste won't remain. It's not that you'll you'll still be thinking, oh, I wish I had this or I wish I had that. <laughs> Prophet once told his, some of his sannyasis, if you go to the home of a rich man, you shouldn't ever think like, oh, I wish I had, you know, I could have had a house like this. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe the, the thought crosses somebody's mind. But when there's a higher taste, that uh, one's experiencing, there's no sense that, uh, oh, I like this, I like that. For instance, all of you are vegetarians. You don't have any taste for eating meat. And you know, if the thought, if, if the opportunity, if you see somebody, you know, somebody eating sausage or something, you just feel sorry for them. Like what a murderous activity, what a disaster this is. And there's no sense in your tongue or in any of your senses that you think, oh, I wish I could have that. That never happens. So, you know, you have a higher taste. Uh, you you know, you're eating uh, prasadam. And so in all the senses, the, you know, including attraction between male, female, when there's a when there's a higher taste for Krishna Kata, Vikritam Rajavadurbir Ahamcha Vishnu Shadhan Vitona Shunu Yadata Yidya Bhaktim Param Bhagavati Prati Labhyakam Ridrogam Ashvapahinot Yacharin Adhira, Sugadev Goswami says, even that will go, which is the main cause for staying in the material world. It's like uh, as I once saw in an, an, an aquarium, the Monterey Aquarium, I saw a, a, a sea cow. They call it a sea cow. It doesn't mean a, a cow by the seashore. It means a, <laughs> this gigantic animal that lives uh, in the water. It looks like a, a huge seal and way bigger than a seal. It's a very fat, has big, huge whiskers. I don't know, I don't, I don't wanna be offensive to the sea cow community, but if I was gonna say an animal looked ugly, I would say a sea cow looks ugly. <laughs> No offense. It's only superficial. But I guarantee you, the male and fe- female sea cow think that, you know, there's some delight in being together and that when the female sea cow bats her little eyelashes at the male sea cow, he feels all tingly in his tail. Uh, <laughs> so Shukadeva Goswami says... When you when you hear and actually become engaged in appreciating Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan, especially his relationships with his devotees and amorous love, when that awakens in the heart, then all the other tastes for the in the material world, just like you've all given up meat or you never had it in the first place because you gave it up in your last life. Um, then you know there's no consider there's no thought of it it doesn't even enter your mind so similarly uh those who are tasting something higher are immune to the modes of material nature it doesn't mean they become reckless in fact that's uh, a point given throughout the shastra that one should always be careful because while we're in a material body anything can happen so you can't Never think I'm liberated, therefore I can take liberties. Because then you might become victimized. And whoops, what happened? Hare Krishna.